TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Hey, Shocker fans, want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD Kevin Saul. All right, welcome back in, everybody, here to Sports Daily. We are happy to be joined, as we are every other week, by Kevin Saul at Wichita State. Uh, Things getting going in earnest here on campus there. We get the first official practice for the men's basketball team. Uh, We've got volleyball Uh, Off to a nice start in conference play, getting ready for a big road test this weekend at SMU. Wichita State softball has just received a big gift to move forward with some, um, you know, some big renovations there. But Kevin, welcome in. I want to start with something we were talking a little bit about yesterday, and it doesn't have anything to do directly with you guys. But we see Jerome Tang extended in Manhattan. We've seen Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman you know, have success and get extensions there. It seems like, you know, both in Lawrence and Manhattan, character with those guys has been such a big part of what they've been trying to design, which is, of course, something you've talked about now and you're a little more than a year at Wichita State. But, you know, how how good is it to see that kind of stuff pay off among your peers and, and keep you optimistic, I guess, about the things happening for you guys with the Shockers? Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks for having us on the show. It's good to talk to you guys. We, I think anytime you've got uh, really good people who also excel and are very talented in, in their respective field, whether it's coaching or administrators or, you know, in the private sector, whatever it is, when good people get rewarded for doing good work, I think it's exciting to see that and certainly is a motivational driver for uh, those that are paying attention. So, uh, I had a chance to uh, talk with Coach uh, Tang uh, throughout our process when we were hiring Paul, and, and certainly he offered some great perspective uh, with those guys being roommates for 14 years at Baylor uh, while they were on the road. And uh, I've talked to him once or twice uh, since then, and I certainly texted him congrats. And, you know, good people doing good work, getting rewarded for that is is what we're all about from our student-athletes perspective as well. And so um, it's always good to see that. I know that was a big part of the Paul Mills decision. Uh, you've told us that a number of times. And, you know, along with the good character come the success on the court, right? We get the Shockers officially practicing now. It's sort of, it, it is sort of that, 
And you can call it the official start of the men's basketball season. You can call, you can start call it the unofficial start of the men's basketball season. But this is a pretty critical time, right before you get to the opener. This time between now and then, what what does make it different? I wonder when you get these sorts of official practices versus what you've been able to do. It's it's almost a month to the day, right? It's a little more than a month before that Rogers State exhibition opener. So, what makes these different than what they've been able to do so far? No, I appreciate that question. Going back to the previous one, I, I, I'm not sure there's a department out there that's going to tell you character is not important. And uh, we certainly talk right. about that. We've talked about it on this show. Our core values are character and integrity, knowledge and stewardship. And I won't go through the, the lengthy explanation of those, but those aren't words on a wall for us. We talk and think and look through a lens of those every single day. We're educating our student athletes uh, through those every single day. And I don't think there's a shortcut to winning. I've been a part of some successful programs that pay attention to those four elements. And when you do those incredibly well, the winning comes. And so we'll continue to just focus on our our process here and and work together with great people. Listen, I think once you get into this this part of the journey, um, when you transition from eight hours a week where four of those are technical uh, coaching and skill instruction and four of those are in the weight room, you transition to your 20 hour a week, it makes a huge difference, right? Because now you're starting to get into the, the rhythms and the cadence of a season, what those uh, uh, practices will look like, um, how you are preparing for games and scouting and those sort of things. And so I think our coaches in all of our sports get very excited when you transition from your eight hour a week segment into your 20 hour a week segment. And that's what was really very beneficial for us from a Greece perspective because we got uh, 20 hour weeks in the summer when you don't normally get those. So um, every minute counts. And uh, I know our coaches are, are excited about that. Um, it puts us in a position now to, to be prepared for uh, the season opener. Obviously we got shocker madness on Saturday night, October 7th, um, which will be a, a great introductory event. We got a concert after that. We've made a really big weekend university wide there. So um, it's all again, a part of the journey. And, and I know our coaches are excited to get into that segment. Kevin Saul, Wichita state athletic director joining us here on sports daily. And this is probably a better question for Coach Mills, but I know you've seen some of this. You saw him in the exhibitions. There was a big question, you know, coming in as Mills was hired about pace of play, right? Shockers have been a, you know, a slower pace of play historically, but I mean, Coach Mills, at least at Oral Roberts, sped things up. Are you seeing an elevated pace from what you've seen at practice in these in these exhibitions so far to your eye? Is this going to be a little more high octane maybe than Shocker fans are accustomed to? I think you'll see a nimble and flexible approach um, based on opponent. Um, that piece will be uh, certainly evident. I think maybe a natural tendency to, to move it, uh, move the ball around, um, to play with some pace and speed certainly is there. I, I, but again, I think it'll be nimble and flexible based on what our coaches believe given, gives them the best opportunity to, to win a particular contest. So, um, yeah, it's been the paces are the, the excuse me the practices are upbeat. Um, the pace has been really good. The teaching, uh, the communication in different forms or fashions, it's it's really fascinating to watch. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been good, and uh, we'll continue to get better as we move forward here. And then a couple more on basketball, just because it's topical. The timing of today is is handy for it. Play angry is that mentality of Shocker basketball forever. 
New coach, though, a lot of new faces. Are these guys able to embrace that, you think, yet? Have they? Or is that something that just has to come as you get in front of that rowdy crowd a few times? Yeah, I think, listen, the the, the emotional connection to how you play, what your brand and style is as a program is really important, right? Because that's the connection with, with fans and how you, you connect your style from one game to the next. Whether it's playing with a chip on your shoulder, playing angry, um, playing focused and determined, whatever the case may be, um, our coaches will position that in such a way uh, where the guys have the opportunity to perform at, at an elite level. And so what I, you know, I, I hear play angry or chip on your shoulder and all those things. I also think about the blue collar plays that aren't necessarily in the box score that contribute to winning, whether it's 50, 50 balls or footwork positioning. And again, I'm not a coach, so I don't want to get too deep into all that, but um, you know, I think it's, it's a combination of, playing with a chip on your shoulder, but also an elite attention to detail that ultimately uh, uh, pushes teams towards success. All right, one more on basketball, and it's a question I'm sure you get all the time. We get it, too. How how are you know season tickets going? Single-game tickets just went on sale. Is that right? I know season tickets have been available for a little while. We just got the schedule, though. So how's that part of things looking? Uh, as we look forward to uh, you know winter of Coke Arena, or are things where you guys want them to be, and and how's that part of this going for you? Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking that question because I think contextually we're headed in the right direction. So you guys may remember as I I came in in July of 22, um, we were in the midst of 320 season ticket accounts um deciding that they were not going to be with us uh, last season and we spent the first four to six weeks calling every single one of those 320 accounts not to change their mind not to flip it but to share our appreciation and thanks and we certainly did that in in with folks that did renew with us as well uh, but just as a hey we really appreciate you and we understand that we've got some work to do to, to earn you back into the arena we'd love to have you there supporting this team and, and moving forward together as a family. So you have that piece. So understand what I'm about to tell you. You've got to look through that context. But last year, obviously down a little bit in season tickets. Um, that's about $1.1, $1.2 million in revenue, which is certainly a significant hit for our department financially, but also in the, 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 the atmosphere and the, the family feel in the arena. And so this year we renewed at a 93% rate, which is certainly a positive. Um, and we are somewhere between 125 and, and 150 new season ticket accounts that weren't with us last year. Um, so that we're headed in the right direction. Um, we're incredibly pleased about that. You may have seen a social media post uh, yesterday where we talked about there's about 125 um, season tickets in the lower bowl left before the lower bowl okay. is sold out. Um, obviously, We've talked about the enhancements to the, the fan experience at great length with our listening sessions. Um, a lot of that low-hanging fruit we took care of last year, and we continue to work on some of that this year. You start to get into elements that are expensive, like uh, uh, we've spent a little over $200,000 on handrails in the upper deck and new metal detectors that will allow folks to basically walk right through. It's the new technology. And so waiting outside is a thing of the past. 
and folks that were apprehensive about getting season tickets or single game tickets up in the upper deck. Hopefully we've made that a, a more enjoyable uh, experience as well. So we'll continue to address those things and we understand that success on the floor will help uh, as well. I've always thought that there's not a bad seat in that house. It's one of the things I love about Coke arena. You feel like you're on it everywhere and it's still, you know, packs in 11,000. So certainly promising news. It's, you know, it's definitely something people ask us about once we get into the season all the time. So Glad to hear it. I know Shocker fans take a lot of pride in that. Kevin Saul, appreciate candid conversations every other week here on Sports Daily. Uh, let's switch around now and talk a little volleyball. So Wichita State finally gets into the conference season, uh, which we've been excited about and waiting for. It couldn't be a better start to the conference season, quite frankly, than you know a couple of sweeps, especially one over East Carolina, who, I mean, I think there's been a perception that they are one of the teams with Wichita State expected to contend for this title. And then you guys get to turn around and go down and get another good test against SMU, probably in that mix, unbeaten at home so far. You get them twice. Uh, But volleyball seems to be chugging right along here as we get into conference play. Yeah, they're doing a great job. And uh, obviously they've won five straight, started out 2-0 and in league. Um, with wins against uh, East, East Carolina, which you're right, was, was talked about in the top third of, of the league. And then Charlotte, uh, two sweeps there. So obviously that's really, really good for us. Um, this is a very critical week because the top three, um, whether it's a coaches or, or uh, media relations directors, uh, really have been SMU, Rice, and the Shockers. Um, and so we've got two against SMU this week that are, are critically important for us. Um, SMU's had some great success. Um, they're nine and five overall right now, um, having beat some good teams. They beat, uh, they swept uh, Florida State at Florida State. They beat Baylor uh, in a fifth set. They beat Texas Tech um, in a, so that's a common opponent there in a fifth set. Uh, they beat out, they swept LSU. So plenty good. And um, this week will will play a significant factor in determining uh, who's in the driver's seat for uh, the league regular season championship. I'm going to ask you this question out of total ignorance because I just don't know. Is the AAC shaping up as more than a one-bid lead, do you think, or is it looking like it, it's going to take a championship to get in? I think it's too early to tell just yet. I think you got to understand the – the national landscape, and then obviously as you get closer to the end of the season, it's just like basketball where if you have a surprise in a particular league where that, that has a league championship uh, postseason tournament, and maybe you've got a two or a three seed that wins that, but the one seed um, is uh, has a better resume and is likely going to be an at-large and they steal a bid. So it's, it's, it's too early to tell that. Um, I think that you have three – maybe four institutions that have a combination of the players on the floor, the schedule to work themselves into an at-large. So I I don't think you could say at this point in time, it is a truly just a one bid league, but we'll have to see how it plays out. Uh, All right. So that's coming up by the way, on Friday and Saturday, uh, both road contest at, uh, you've got ESPN Plus on Friday to watch, and then you got ESPNU. You actually got a network for that Sunday match, so that's kind of cool 
uh, that one at noon on Sunday. Let's talk about softball for a second, Kevin. It, the the news happened a little while ago, but not since we've talked to you. You get the big gift. Uh, it's $1.5 million, right, to complete one phase of the renovation. So how does that work? When those get, like, you can, is it just get earmarked right where you need it, and then and then you can sort of check that box off? Is it, what do these sorts of gifts do for an overall project like that? Well, I think uh, for first and foremost, John and Gail Wadsworth have been incredibly supportive of our programs across the board for decades. Um, really good people, humble. Um, and want to serve and sacrifice for our student-athletes in a really incredible way. And so the softball complex itself has resonated with them. Um, the team operations building will be named the John and, and, and Gail Wadsworth uh, team operations building. We had that approved by the Kansas Board of Regents last week. And so um, – it's a significant step forward. So phase one is $9.65 million. Phase one is the indoor uh, full infield, indoor practice facility on the third base side that would be connected to the team operations building. And the 9.65 includes both of those facilities as they will be connected to each other and to the third base dugout, which will be the new dugout that we just renovated as well. And so, we're at just a little over $5 million raised on $9.65 million phase one. What that means practically for us is we, we continue to design both the indoor infield and the team operations building as we speak. Uh, that, that is in the process of being designed. We intend to break ground on the indoor practice facility, that full indoor infield in the spring. Um, couldn't tell you yet whether that's going to be March, April, or May, but somewhere in there in the spring, we anticipate an eight to 10 month build on the indoor practice facility, which would put you at the end of 24, beginning of 25 when that's finished. So then we want to sequence the remainder of our fundraising to get from just a shade over 5 million to 9.65 by the end of this academic year. So we can transition once the indoor practice facility is finished. Uh, late 24, early 25, we can transition into building that team operations building immediately following that. So, um, again, we'll just work through the sequence. Uh, we're engaging a lot of folks that have some interest in that, and we'll continue to work at it. I know that Christy Breadbinner uses the term and used it with us and in the you know in the media release of you know just investing in women's sport and sports and, and supporting it. You've been – in this game for a while do you think it's better than it ever has been are you feeling more support for the women's sports now than i don't know 10 20 years ago is is that transition happening you think well and again as you all know title nine was passed in uh, 72 and so it's been 50 years we just celebrated the 50 year anniversary so i, I think you could definitely say that uh, it's in a much different spot, a much more positive spot from a support perspective than when I was a student athlete 25 years ago. Uh, it's in a better spot now than it was a decade ago. I'm not sure that you're ever going to get to a finish line there because at the end of the day, we're in a growth industry and our young women deserve uh, the facilities that we can recruit, retain, and develop. Not dissimilar to, I use this analogy all the time, um, the the uh, business school, uh, Woolsey, uh, that's a facility 
that at, a, at an incredibly high level allows us to recruit uh, business accounting finance students to retain them and to develop them into professionals we want to do the same thing here with our facilities and so um, it, it is an important investment we've got 260 student athletes when you count bowling and uh, about 55 to 56 percent of those student athletes are females so a majority of our department is comprised of females and uh, we're going to invest in all of our programs particularly our women's programs uh, to produce great young people but also to produce championships all right, Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joining us. Lots of good stuff here. One more time, what's the info on Shocker Madness? Is that's right around the corner here? Yeah, we got a fantastic weekend. It's a homecoming weekend. That's October six, seven, and eight. We've got uh, home volleyball Friday night, the sixth of October. Saturday is absolutely packed. We've got softball, baseball. We have a, a tailgate that we're sponsoring as a department. Um, that starts at four shocker madness um, but begins at six we're going to introduce as we always have both men's and women's basketball we're also going to introduce our other teams so all of our student athletes will be there um, and then we've got the tech nine concert uh, going after uh, shocker madness so with volleyball then again on sunday the uh, the eighth so it's a packed weekend uh, we've got a lot of folks throughout campus. The Tech Nine concert's been sponsored by our finance administration, our our foundation and alumni engagement, student affairs, athletics. So it's been a really collaborative and coordinated effort for a special weekend. I'm looking forward to that, and we'll have a full recap of it uh, with you the next time we talk. Uh, good luck with all the festivities, Shocker fans. Chance to see you know a lot of these programs for a lot of people maybe the first time across the board. So. Hopefully get out there and check that out. Hopefully the weather plays nice for you guys. Certainly looks at this point like it's going to be pleasant outside. Kevin, we appreciate it. Let's do it again in a couple weeks. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having us on the show, and go Shockers. There goes Kevin Saul. If you missed any of that, a lot of good stuff, a lot of different things uh, that we got into there. You can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app as you can. Well, everything on that Odyssey app, it's all available for you. Uh, by the way, speaking of that Odyssey app, you've got uh, NFL play-by-play. You can listen to, of course, the Chiefs Radio Network over on KNSS. You can also find it for free on the Odyssey app and catch all of it. Simply download the Odyssey app, search for KFH, hit play during gay time, or KNSS, I should say, uh, for the Chiefs. Be sure and catch our pregame, postgame coverage, too. Download the app now, A-U-D-A-C-Y, only available uh, for fans here in Wichita. So, Appreciate Kevin Saul there. We'll come back. We can digest a little bit of that. We'll bounce around elsewhere in the sports world. Begin to, uh, you know, sort of X's and O's. Look a little bit at Kansas this weekend. At well, the Chiefs taking on the Jets. That gets a little simpler, uh, <laughs> I think. Uh, all right, we'll come back. Tommy rejoins us too. Sports Daily continues right after this. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Appreciation to Kevin Saul for joining us. Let's come back and let's do a giveaway here, Tommy. Let's uh, let's go with 
Oh, let's go with some Paw Patrol here. We've got tickets to opening night uh, to the feature Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie. That's coming up in just a couple days here, Friday. Boulevard Theater in Town West. First caller to the IHOP hotline right now, 869-1240. Jad will uh, will get us a winner there. Tommy, this is – I don't know if this is breaking news because I'm just literally seeing this right now. But according to the Post and Courier, uh, which is – I think a South Carolina newspaper, Clemson, is maybe looking and and found a way out of the ACC grant of rights. Um, really? Sooner than later is the quote I'm seeing here. Strength in numbers, they're saying, if we're not the only ones negotiating a departure. Uh, I mean, there have been rumblings of this, but so here's a quote. On the question, how soon? Sooner than later. Sometime in 2023, then question. And the administrator says, stay very tuned. So that's something that will be developing here over the next little bit. Um, And we'll keep an eye on that as realignment is constantly happening. This comes, Tommy, a little bit with the news. So I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. You know, there's this thought of the the, – college football playoff and and will it stay at the current model that you know the the five and seven model or you know six and six or do whatever just go to all 12 at larges and there was you know the reporting i think it was yesterday was that they don't think they can get because i I guess to change it now you'd need unanimous voting and like aresco with the aac is not going to vote to have 12 at larges he wants the chance for conference champions to get in of course he does so they will stay in the short term and then be revisited long term. Well, if this ACC shakeup would potentially happen early, earlier than some people thought, I think all and I've thought this for a while, like all of this could settle in within the next year, maybe two years. It, it feels like it's unlikely based on everything we've seen that the ACC can keep this thing together right long. But so. What we initially thought a while ago is probably happening here. And then the grant of rights scared everybody off. But it looks like we're going to get that shakeup, again, to quote that article, sooner than later. I mean, I remember it wasn't that long ago that Florida State was very, very vocal about their desire to leave the conference and get out and and move on, move away. Uh, And then the deadline seemingly passed. And now it sounds like you've got potentially Clemson. I would imagine that if, you know, they're talking about other schools being involved, Florida State's one of them, uh, in finding a way out of the grant of rights. And just because the the noise quieted down a little bit doesn't mean that, you know, things are, are done moving. And even though the ACC has welcomed in uh, Pac-12 schools like Stanford and Cal, that doesn't mean that things are quieted down with uh you know the the members wanting to leave and you know so all along there's been a lot of chatter about florida state a lot of chatter about clemson there are other schools that i think potentially are on the table here miami potentially on the table i would think north carolina on the table nc state potentially on the table because of their willingness you would think to follow what north carolina does this is not done and, and even though the spotlight has moved away over the last couple of weeks doesn't mean that things aren't happening in the shadows, and it sounds like that's what's going on here. Well, of course they are. They have to be. I mean, you're not doing your job if you're not, and that's, you know, I don't know that anybody, like, loves this part of it. 
Uh, Brett Yormark seems to enjoy it because he's good at it. But, you know, it's it's constantly evolving. What I've always thought, though, is that there is an ending point to all of this. So, like, the chaos of it makes everybody uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable, too. But I do think there's an end game. So this shift that's happening is happening, like, in staggered parts, right? So that's made it feel like it'll be never-ending. But I don't think it will be never-ending. I do think that things will settle in as far as realignment. Just like I think things will settle in with the transfer portal, I think that's happening. Just like I think things will settle in to some degree with NIL, I think that's happening. We may not like how it happens, but it'll happen. And just like I think at some point, and this one I don't have a good grasp of a timetable, we'll get to some sort of player compensation directly. It's unavoidable. How fast that one happens, I don't know. But I think everything else is settling, and everything else is also looking down the road to that inevitability, right? Like, So you're getting these mega conferences, and I, I do think there's a part of it and a piece of it where these these numbers are getting escalated, and people are like, oh, my goodness. It's But I also think there's a part of it that there's a pretty good understanding that at some point there's going to have to be some compensation in play. So that's why I think we're seeing such – rushed realignment is because everybody wants to be in the best position to be able to do that when it ultimately happens. So th- all of the things that are making people uncomfortable, he maybe it's not five years, maybe it's 10 years, but down the road somewhere, we're going to look back and, and just be like the way we look back now and think about how college national championships were decided in football, uh, like by a vote and only two teams played. It's like, how could you do that? We're going to look right. back and and think the same thing a little bit down the road. I'm optimistic. I think that the sport will be the best it's ever been. I know it scares a lot of people, but I think the sport's going to be the best it's ever been down the road in a little bit, and we're just going to have to embrace this chaos until we can get there. But once we do, I think it'll kind of stop. And let's be honest. The reason why the chaos has died down in recent weeks is because the season is underway. You know, so the focus is on the actual totally. games on the field. Yep. You know, it, it's not dominating the headlines like it did, which might in be why Clemson July is in uh, August, out right? There. Like again, because you <laughs> can sort of operate, good. you can operate in the shadows a little bit here because you've got the cover of the actual games happening. Um, you know, so in July and August, I know from our perspective, when you're, you know, kind of starved for content, that can be like the big deal, right? And everybody can focus on it and speculate and talk about it. It's going to be the top story everywhere. It's not really the case right now because you've got the actual games going on. You've got all the other storylines. I mean, Coach Prime, all of that, like taking precedent over conference realignment. Uh, and so I think that you've got schools that are are able, whether it's Clemson, we know it's, it sounds like Clemson and, and others in the ACC that are you know, exploring ways to get out of the the conference and the grant of rights deal early, they can kind of do it quietly right now because the, the the focus is more on the actual product on the field than it is the realignment piece of it. it it'll be it'll be okay, and the ACC is probably panicking, and they're most likely going to lose three or four teams here, if not more. And then I think the ACC is in a decent position to be okay. Right. Like whether they're the ACC just minus those teams, whether they expand, whether I mean, I think the AAC needs to be a little unnerved right now because there is another round coming. And are they going to get poached again? And, you know, 
again, I, I think a best case and a most awesome case scenario would be some sort of merger with the Big 12. But that's a lot of teams, and I don't know that we're quite right. ready for that yet. Uh, but, the, but the news is out there. Look, Clemson, apparently an administrator telling a local paper there that this could be happening sooner rather than later, like real soon is the indication I think that that reporting is leaning into. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back, Tommy. Let's let's take a look at two different games this weekend. Early looks at the KU-Texas game and the Chiefs-Jets game. Of course, K-State is off this week. Uh, so we'll do that next on Sports Daily. On the way out, hockey tickets, Tommy. You guys have a home opener coming up with the Thunder. Yeah, we're less than a month away. October 20th, Interest Bank Arena. The Thunder take on the Kansas City Mavericks to kick off the season in Wichita. We're going to get you a pair of tickets to that home opener on Friday, October 20th. So Friday, October 20th, home opener tickets to the Thunder. We'll throw in a couple of free iced tea cards at HTO. Uh, you got to try the new peach cobbler fall flavor. Some, you know, pumpkin spice for some, peach cobbler for others. You can get it sweet or unsweet, and you can get those free iced teas from the Wichita East location, West location, or now available in Derby. Congratulations to Travis for winning our last giveaway, the Paw Patrol tickets, and good luck to our next winner. First caller during the break here, hockey and tea on us here at Sports Daily, 869-1240. We'll be back. Talk a little football next. All right, welcome back in. Jay on his way to HTO, either in Wichita, East or West, or Derby. Try that all-new peach cobbler, the new fall flavor. And he'll see some Wichita Thunder hockey at the home opener, courtesy of us here at Sports Daily. Glad to be able to do that for you, everybody. Uh, we got lots of winners today. It's one of our favorite things to do. Always pays to listen to us here at Sports Daily. We've got good stuff for you. I mean, just about every day. I don't remember the last day we didn't give something away was. Certainly all all this summer everything else let's talk a little football here tommy as we look ahead to the weekend the two big ones on our radar of course k-state's off but ku with perhaps the i I don't know how to i don't like to be hyperbolic on this stuff so i don't want to overstate it but this is certainly the biggest game and opportunity of the lance leipold era in my opinion even more so than that bowl game last year which would be the other one that jumps to mind but you know you've got a chance now in a year where the conference is telling us that KU might have a shot to do something special based on the way that they've played, based on what we've seen. Um, But they got to go do something again here, which is go to Austin and beat Texas. They did that last time, but as Lance Leipold said, that's in the past, and this is a much better team. He said both teams are much better, and I agree with that. Um, Now 16.5 points, so apparently a little money's gone toward KU on this, which is interesting. But yeah, can they win think, it? That's a, that's a whole different question. And that's really the, the big question, right, is that it's less about crossing their fingers and hoping that they can steal one from Texas and more about the expectation is that they go out there and they compete and they're able to play with the Longhorns. That's really, I think, where this game stands. Everything tells you that this Kansas team has improved enough to a point to where they can be competitive in a matchup against a team like Texas. I think the big question then comes into, is it enough to be able to conceivably win the game? Like, are we talking about, do they have the talent and, you know, the the personnel to be able to win? Or is it a situation where 
if they leave Austin in this great spot on national TV by what covering the spread or playing within a touchdown of Texas where you can look back on it and say, okay, like this team is in a position now, you know, to compete with the top dogs in the conference. And I don't, I don't really know right now. I don't know if, you know, you have to win to walk away feeling good about where the Jayhawks are, or if it's more about, all right, let's just be competitive against them. I don't exactly know where I stand on that right now. I think I'll have a more solidified view on that by the end of the week. But right now, sure, it's absolutely a big test because... Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively... Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. They feel like the program has improved to a point to where they can't compete. I think being within the number is, and I'm not going to make excuses. Like, KU, you know, KU needs to go win this game, right? But right. I do think... Being in the number means something to perception, number one. Playing a close game helps. But the reality is, now this is the beauty of a conference championship game, you only have to be the second best, as K-State showed us last year, right? And they were able right. to go win a Big 12 championship. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't the best team in the regular season. They were the second best, but that was good just enough in, because yeah, then they just beat get in the matchup. Yeah, just get, yes. just get in the door. So, you know, and, yeah. it, the, one of the reasons I like conference championships and, and I know that there's like this philosophical difference for some people with college sports. What I don't like and have never liked about college football, I should say specifically, is that things that happen early in the season have far too great an impact on the end of the season. And the goal in all sports, right, is to have your team playing its best by the end of things, to get better. College football hasn't allowed for teams to get better and still compete. I just want to know who the best team is, right? Like, I don't care if you lose in week one and that. And and again, I the argument has always been, well, it just makes all those games mean more. No, I don't agree with that. Like, even a little bit. I think that's I think that's failed logic because there there could be no more hype for KU and Texas fans for this game right now on September twenty seventh than there will be on Saturday, right? The right. fact that they could meet again in a Big 12 championship game in, you know, two months, you think that takes anything away from this game right now? No. 
It doesn't. I don't think so at all because, you know, with Texas, they're not only – it's not about, you know, just a conference championship. Like, they're looking to win the national championship this sure. year. Like, that's, that's where they're at. And, you know, this is, a, a, I would say, a test for them, you know, to oh, see where yes. they're at. And the other thing, too, and this is more philosophical than this particular matchup, but, you know, especially as this season has gone on – and I've, I've thought this for a while, but really not, not like not as much until this year. But I really do believe you shouldn't have a top 25 poll until like about now or maybe like even waiting a couple more weeks. Because like right now, like you've got teams that maybe are not the best teams that are in the top 25. Like, let's play some games and then release a top 25 poll yeah. to see where teams actually are. The only problem with that is the top 25 does generate some interest and it does give us as, you know, whether you're a casual fan, a serious fan, like it's impossible to watch all the college football games. You you physically can't do it. There's too many. And so it does give us at least the idea, the thought of, you know, some semblance of what the big games are on a week to week. I think it's really important to have it because I think it would be hard if we just flew in blind, not sure we, how even though it could be it way is, wrong. You know? What I don't like is at the end of the year looking too much into that happening early in the year, right? Like, I think you can right. wash it. And, I don't, you know, you just have the same sort of metrics we do in college basketball, right? You just there, there are things in play that mean more than what the top 25 ultimately is. But I do like that early in the year it at least tries to help us get a good gauge of. And, look, there's no question – that it builds the the anticipation for a game early in the season to have that number by the name. I mean, it just does. So we look at these kinds of games, and even though, yes, what happens to Texas here could impact their chances at a national championship because we still don't have enough teams in the playoff at the end of the year. This is the last year of that. That's, by the way, why I love a 12-team playoff, because if Texas loses this game, in theory, they would still have a chance. Right. If they lost this game now, maybe, maybe they would. That depend. That would depend on what Kansas does the rest of the year. But we're getting there. But as far as a Big Twelve championship, you can lose this game and still play for a Big Twelve championship. That doesn't mean this game's any less important. It doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't think that that's accurate. I think that's wrong. And and because this game is as hyped up and people are as excited about this as you can be. Right. And, and honestly, like I think that of course they've played Illinois. And, you know, they're probably a middle-of-the-road Big Ten team, um, you know, maybe slightly below that. Uh, BYU, uh, you know, obviously we know they went into Arkansas and beat the Razorbacks. But really, this is the first, I would say, legitimate test with one of the nation's best teams. And I think you can use it as a measuring stick to really see how far along no this Jayhawks program is. And, you know, again, like, that's why I'm kind of – I don't know right this second. Again, I think my view will be more solidified as the week goes on. I'm not quite sure yet where that measuring stick actually is. Like, what do the Jayhawks have to do to feel good about where the program is overall? Like, I think the worst thing, obviously, that could possibly happen would be for them to get blown out. But I don't think that's going to happen. Are we talking about them getting inside the spread? Are we talking about them playing within a touchdown, being in the game, in the fourth quarter, or is it just simply they've got to win? Like, we feel like that's where the program is right now. They've got to beat Texas for you to feel good about it. I Again, I don't exactly know right now on Wednesday of this week, uh, but I think that's kind of where I'm starting to move towards 
you know, as the week goes on in preparation for this game. Yeah, it, look, I, I don't. I, I think KU has far more interest than Benchmark. They 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 want to win this game, right? There's right. obviously. Here's what I'll say as an early look at it. And we'll get more into the game itself later this week. I I think the reason like I'm interested in KU's opportunity and chances here is because really like to me they pretty much have to execute the same game plan they did a week ago, run the ball effectively and keep Texas from running it, right? Like, don't let them control the clock and do these things. Would We'd like to see a little bit more out of the passing game than we saw against BYU, but the general idea of the game plan and the way it plays itself out is exactly what they did to me, exactly what they did against BYU. That's how you go win big games like this on the road. You keep Texas off the field, you run the ball effectively, and you just got to hope that... You're, you're, I, I don't think that Kansas is going to just like shut Texas down, right? Let's be real. But if they can make a couple of big plays on defense like they've been able to do this year and you can sort of control the tempo of the game, that is the formula to me for a Kansas win in Austin again. So, you know, it's, it, it is interesting in that way. I, I'm having a hard time, too, deciding – what I think is going to happen in this one, Tommy. I'm with you on that. But I do think, you know, the path and the formula is there because we saw it last week. It's it's what they did against BYU is what they need to do this weekend. They've got to stop the run, but also they have to establish their own run game. And, you know, I think that, and I mentioned it on Monday when we talked to Shreya Lada, uh, as I'm watching this game on Saturday, I'm going to want to see how Devin Neal and Daniel Hyshaw and then you mix in Jalen Daniels, what they do on the ground compared to the way that Texas stops the run. That's the key. If Kansas can unlock that a little bit, like, you know, let's say that Neil and Hyshaw combined have, gosh, I don't know, 125 yards on the ground combined between the two of them, then at that point, I think that Kansas is able to be competitive late into the game. You know, they control the ball, they control the clock on the ground. If they can do that, against Texas's stout run defense, then you're going to be talking about a more competitive game. If the Texas run defense steps up and they bottle up the run game for Kansas, then at that point, it's going to be significantly more difficult for Kansas to be competitive in the game. There it is. Saturday, national window. That's the other cool thing for KU on this. We'll have more on that game as we make our way through. We're going to come back. We'll tell you what's on tap on the networks today here on KFH as we wrap up a Wednesday next on Sports Daily. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and ATT at T Mobile.com slash across America. 
Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.